morning. This is a very important podcast today. Today is not October 24 yet. It's going to be, but today is September 24. And it's a special day because it's not only is it a wonderful, beautiful, sunshiny day of the first week of spring. I'm sorry. First week of the fall season. But it's also a month before my birthday, and usually around this time, I always kind of do my own personal countdown that I absolutely love. So, with that being said, uh, I wanted to start off this this whole podcast and this whole morning with a song, and it's again a Filipino one because, as I mentioned in my previous episode, I feel and I find that a lot of the Tagalog songs that I remember from way back in the day. I always feel like they're so sweet, so so endearing, so touching. So the songs that I remember is Bahay Kubu Kahit Monte. And I remember my uncle and I used to sing that song. And um, I loved all his Jeeps and his collections. And he's still my one of my favorite uncles. And he shares the same birthday as my husband, so that's an that's a that's an awesome thing, because I can think of him, my, my husband, and my grandma Nanay Singh. Much love, Nanay. Much love in heaven. Love and miss you and Tatai. So here's a song, and again, I love all the Tagalog songs, like um, Dahil Sayo, Ang Buhay Ko Mabuti, and. Even when I went to see Manny Pack, who is one of my favorite boxers, we saw him live. I've been, I've seen him a couple times live, and he's amazing. And there's always the the anthem, and every country has a beautiful, you know, when they do their national anthem. And so, Bayong Magiling, I love that one too. But here's a song. Jose, can you see? So here's a song that I love. Iba niata, ibang nararamdaman, di nakakain, di makatulog manman. Minamahal kita, huwag sana magtaka, di magtipok mo ang puso, dahil yung naumpa, hinahanap kita, abat ang may kising. Tulog man ako, oh, panaginig ka namin. Tumitipiwag ditong puso, dahil na dito ka. Alam kong alam mo na, di ba? Umatipok ng puso, pasabay, hay kabay. May ang nangyaring sa ating, di nagkakaiba. Ibigin man kita, huwag kang magtataka. Alam natin dalawa. Alam na, di ba? I love that song. That's my favorite. Umagtipog na kuso, pasabay, hang kabay. May angyayaring sa ating, di na kagaiba. That's my, that's that, I like that song. So much, I love all the purity of each and every one of the songs that she sings. And I was telling my friends and my husband, I was like, 
I love speaking Tagalog because I feel like it connects me to my grandparents, RIP, and I feel like it connects me to my heritage. And I've been to Philippines so many times in my life, visiting and ever since I was a little girl. So I always retain the culture, the language, the heritage, the meaning. And I'm so grateful and so happy that I have Lumpia culture. Woo! And I feel like, you know, they're like family as well. And I love the fact that with my little bit collection, it has a connection to my culture and my heritage. And I also wanted to um, open up and create an opportunity as well as some dialogue for a specific topic that my husband and I both have been going through. And I think that it's important to increase awareness, increase understanding, increase compassion. And if it's going to come from me, then you know, I think it's an opportunity. So I'm, I love, I love the fact that I've become an advocate for awareness programs, and I've been that way since, since my early days of my life, and especially in my collegiate days, in my grad school days, and my adult days. So I am becoming an advocate for many awareness programs where I think it's important to highlight and be able to, you know, increase conversation you know I think that statistically if there's people that are affected by a specific specific type of concern societal awareness is something that would need to help you know allow for an opportunity for education I think that a lot of times people have like I mentioned in previous episodes heuristics where it's blockage of they're not allowing that flow to create an opportunity and you know, in acupuncture, there's, it's all about energy, you know, and energy plays a role, you know, like if you're not, like if someone's not, you can feel when you're giving love and you're not receiving love back, you can feel if you're distributing and it's not, so I think that with acupuncture, the beauty of that is it creates an opportunity to connect all of the meridians, all of the cheese, all of the points, and it does have an effect where it helps a lot of individuals, a lot of human beings with being able to, you know, get the types of support, you know, holistic support that, that is needed and required. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's one thing to do one thing, right? But you also have to practice self-care and self regulation and self-discipline so um it's a beautiful day i'm super excited to have an amazing weekend and sunday's football and we all know that it's blue and green all day and i'm excited to connect with family i'm excited to you know, I feel good about the milestones coming coming up. Um, I wanted to get a, give a shout out to P.F. Chang's because they made me a delicious lunch yesterday that I absolutely love, and um, I love P.F. Chang's. And my husband and I, we decorated our home with autumn vibes. So we spiced it up with fall season vibes, and we put some, you know, cute decorations up. And that was awesome. And I also painted the balcony. 
I wanted a nice contrast, so I picked the colors orange and blue, but it's a cute shade of orange and it's a cute shade of blue. And by that, I mean it's just like really nice bright kind of orange where it reminds me of where the land where we got married. And it gives that vibe because um, that's exactly the, the, it's called vortex. That's what it's called. So it's healing because we got married in one of the vortexes, vortices. So um, the different vortices that I really appreciate, each one offers a different element. So we got married in the bell rock. I'm, my hair is red, like the red rocks, and it's been that way for a long time. Shout hair go-to for life is Jack. I love her. She's awesome. And she always does a great job, and I always feel happy whenever she does her thing with me and my hair, and I always trust her and love her with what she does from start to finish. And her name is Jack, and we've been together a long time, and hair, yeah, she's amazing. It's hair play by Jack. So yeah, um, the different vortices, we often, we go there quite often because we, you know, my husband and I were very in tuned and in sync and in touch with the spiritual vortex. So with that, it's very, the properties and the very, the essence is very peaceful, beautiful, tranquil. And that's the vibe that I absolutely love is that sort of calming vibe. So which one do you think, babe, amongst the board the vortices that we we love among them i'll list them out for you in a moment but which one would you say is your favorite one bell rock where we got married of course awesome followed by boyton yeah maybe boyton but there's one we haven't seen yet so we did do our engagement run at um bell rock as well we also did a spiritual retreat at airport mesa because when we stayed over by the cod nice one too yeah i agree huh yes so you can agree that each one offers a different different kind of vibe yeah the airport mesa is cool because you can see over the whole city absolutely Um, what do you love most about bell rock i'd say it's the prettiest of all of them just in its appearance alone Right, and it, we got married there. And we got married there. So and it does like, look like a bell. Yeah, it looks like a bell. Right. That's why I say it's, it's one of the best ones because of that. Yeah. It's really big. It's really nice. Can't miss it. I'm ready to fall in love with Cathedral Rock. Cathedral Rock is awesome too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's hard to say which one, but yeah, I think I'm on the same page as him. I think that Bell Rock constitutes as the favorite one. Um, and then probably... I think that's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a tie between Cathedral Rock and and Boynton. Because, you know, remember when we went there last time and we prayed by there and it was very peaceful and the hike was beautiful. And, yeah. So I think Cathedral Rock is probably going to be the well, next. more to see, so. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Say that it's not. So definitely, though, is Bell Rock is unanimously, hands down, the best favorite one. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I'm on that page. So, um, yeah, so uh, we actually... This is a nice prelude because we're actually celebrating our anniversary. We're going to do something meaningful, beautiful, spiritual, tranquil, and quiet 
this year and yeah we're gonna get into what we're up to and what I've been going through and what we've been going through with our journey and the beauty of this and I will say this it's definitely been a journey one where you do not give up so we're in the home stretch down to the buzzer we're in the fourth quarter (laughs) and we're close and you know when you get to that space where you're so close after having gone through so much because with this being the journey it's one where you definitely have different types of roads and I think it's most equivalent to the best way I can describe it because in anything that I've ever experienced in life there's always light and there's always like tunnels that's how I that's how I can best describe it is my best description for that is my husband and I we went to Zion in Utah and we stayed a couple nights there and that was romantic as well and so so you know where we got married is absolutely you know our favorite in respects to that type of area and the meaning behind it and the forever element of that's our you know where we can always feel like this is our our sanctuary too because this is my sanctuary the podcast but as far as like that feeling like that definitely is our sanctuary and so we went to explore um, Zion and we stayed there a couple nights and we of course went with Minnie and what was nice and beautiful about that is it's kind of like you have to go through tunnels to get to the other side so you go through these long tunnels they're like miles long but you get glimpses of light because they have like certain moments where oh here comes some light and then you get back in the tunnel so you're like when is this tunnel gonna end you know when and it goes on forever how long is that tunnel you think feels like at least a mile because it goes down the whole side of a mountain exactly it's awesome I mean, right kind of scary too yeah equal parts awesome and scary that's fair assessment so that tunnel that we're talking about it goes on forever and then finally you get to the other side and finally what do you experience when you get to the other side the mountains of the beauty yeah zion is beautiful definitely yeah. definitely a place to see yeah definitely yeah definitely go through during like he said during the right time of the year you don't want to go there when it's like when i don't know you mean you you might want to but i mean roads wise i just felt safer going when we went and yeah it is absolutely beautiful but i described the tunnels because i think that can be parallel with life in respects to going on a journey and being able to get to the other side so I think it's important that we as a society support each other when we're going through times where if we need love, support in that tunnel, we should offer light, just like the light that was offered during the mile run of the tunnel run. You know, offer light, but by the same token, maybe we are the light. <laughs> like, babe, maybe we are the light. Maybe we're giving the world a light that they've never seen. So okay then we're owning it we'll be that light you know we'll be that we'll be that light so we're definitely getting to the other side and like i mentioned fourth quarter home stretch you know down to the buzzer 
super stoked. So yeah, we'll go ahead and switch gears and we'll get into a little bit Be Like Water. Much love and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Little Bit Unerma of the Wings podcast. Hello and happy Friday. Happy Seahawk Friday. We're playing the Vikings on Sunday. This podcast is brought to you by Little Bit Unerma of the Wings. So we're going to switch gears and delve into an important topic that has been part of my journey, my life, and my recent experiences. And after careful and intimate and spiritual reflection and conversation and dialogue with my husband, I thought, What better way to educate and what better way to share with the world and provide a humanistic live experiencing? And what better way to do that than my podcast, which is my sanctuary? So presently today, I wanted to open up to you guys about a specific journey and There were a couple people that really gave their support that really wanted me to, you know, know that it was going to be, I know my heart's going to be fine, but it's always nice to have people that have, you know, that type of undying, unconditional, unwavering, consistent type of support and love. So... I'm going to get into it, but before I do, I want to give a couple couple announcements. The first thing first is be sure to go to olympiaculture.com where you can find the awesome Little Bit collection, also available, and it's the limited exclusive edition there. It's so dope, olympiaculture.com. And... I realized that the 24th, that means that it's a month before my birthday. (laughs) So I'm really happy about that because I'm excited to celebrate that. And I'm happy about this time of the year. It's happy fall autumn season. And I'm happy about the fact that it's also going to be our anniversary coming up on Tuesday so there's a lot of beauty and a lot of awesome celebrations to look forward to I want to give a couple shout outs um, before getting into the topic of discussion today first off I want to give a shout out to all the comedy clubs in the world much love to all the comedy clubs I also wanted to give a shout out to, of course, my family and friends. Much love to all you guys. I wanted to give a shout out to all my doctors. Thank you for what you do. I wanted to give a shout out to my schools. Thank you for providing great education. And I'll always have that as a 
background with me. I wanted to give a shout out to all my fellow artists and performer friends. And I just want to give a shout out to everyone that is fulfilling their hopes and dreams. So I'm going to take a moment to share a specific hope and dream. And I absolutely want you guys to definitely listen wholeheartedly to the segment. It's with all my heart and my soul and my mind and my being that I'm sharing this. And I think it's important to educate others because I think that a lot of times there's a lot of heuristics and a lot of blockage where people don't allow for new perspectives. And I think it's important to have other perspectives, not just one zone, but rather a lot of perspectives and welcome advocacy. So I really want to keep advocating these programs as well as these awareness programs that I've been involved in for a long time. So I hope you guys enjoy listening and I hope that you guys, you know, take it in where there's a good takeaway. Feel free to email me at littlebitunermapodcast at gmail.com. If you have any any input, insight, or any sort of, you know, anything that spoke to you, resonated, feel free. If you want to be a guest in a future episode, I would love to have you. So yeah, one more time and we'll do a recap um, again soon. But for now, we're going to go ahead and delve in. So much love and God bless. And here we go. Thank you so much. Hello. So we're going to switch gears and talk about something that is close to home and close to heart and a reflection of my dreams and our dreams and our hopes and our desires. So I'm going to speak from my heart when I say this. So please allow me an opportunity to just speak freely from my heart. So I've wanted to be a mom for a long time. And I would say that out loud and I would definitely have conversations daily with God about it. And even in my inner monologue, I would think about it and reflect on it and, you know, really look within and navigate what my hopes and dreams are. And so for me, becoming a mom and becoming a mother was definitely something that was within me and I've wanted it for a very long time and as far as becoming a mother goes you know like when I look at Minnie I look at me like I'm her mom and she is my fur baby and there's absolutely a connection there a bond and a genuine love and I've always wanted to have this conversation pertaining to fertility and pertaining to, you know, pregnancy and the experience of 
motherhood but I just didn't know when would be the right time like is it after getting the cup of coffee is it after you know meeting with your friend and it's so to be honest since the pandemic hit I'm like when am I gonna ever see people for real because it's been a minute like the last time I've seen anybody where we've all been together and really stayed together and, and had real is you know my our wedding day that was two years ago and I try to keep and maintain relationships and connections and friendships and keep it all flowy and you know like as Bruce Lee would say flow like water be like water so with that in mind I always wanted to talk about these things, but I just didn't know. And then plus, you know, when you talk about it, sometimes people don't want to hear it. Or sometimes it's like, well, is this appropriate? But then here's the thing. I went through a couple experiences where, statistically speaking, it affects one out of four women. 25% of the total population. So one out of four women, that's... That adds up, that that feels and that seems and that is pretty up there to say one out of four. So I kind of felt like, wow, well, how come I didn't know about it? And that's the truth because people don't talk about it because, number one, they feel, I mean, embarrassed, vulnerable, and when is there an approach? So I kind of feel like when people don't talk about things, is they're setting themselves up for... And I, I think this is what I can observe. And when they don't talk about it, there's no dialogue. And when there's no dialogue, there's no flow. So I looked at the contrast and the opposite effect of that. And I thought, well, when you do talk about it, you can create dialogue. You can create opportunity. You, create, you can create empathy. You can be able to have a place, a way an opportunity to talk further, to speak further, to connect further. And that's the truth and the beauty of real human connection. And I think that that's the beauty of true intimacy with connections is really being yourself. And I spoke of the quadrants of the soul in the previous episode. And I wanted to, you know, call that back and be able to say, hey, you know, quadrants of the soul what people see in you, what you see. So I want to share something out loud. And this isn't just pertaining to the fertility journey, but when you think of making babies, what do you think about? Or when you think about the kids that you have, you know, and however old they are in this world, and when you think about that, what what do you think about? Do you ever think about... I mean, uh, it's different for everybody, but usually people think about, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we made that baby over jealousy. Oh, we made that baby over after seven. We made that baby when we were listening to Boys to Men, you know. So, my husband and I were making a baby in Southern California. Because it never rains in Southern California. I see you when I get there. So we're making a baby in Southern California. My husband and I. And we're making a baby in Southern California. 
via in vitro fertilization. That's right, in vitro fertilization. That stands for IVF. So, my life, my world is full of acronyms. Hi, my name is Young Evangel Nepomuceno, Eugenia Roberto Malambayanalis. I have been diagnosed with pseudoangiomitis, terminal hyperplasia, and me and my husband, we made a baby via in vitro fertilization. So, in short of that, that would be hi, my name is Yenerma. I've been diagnosed with PASH, and we made our baby through and with the help of science via IVF. So that is my true reality, and I absolutely love it and embrace it and accept myself, but I want to be so open about it because I think that there needs to be further dialogue and there needs to be further opportunity and further support, and I'm I'm grateful I'm able to share this journey with other people such as my closest friends and everything, but I just also kind of felt like, why isn't the world not having this conversation more so, more frequently? Because it's never, quote-unquote, appropriate it's a taboo but if you really wanted something right so for example here's the thing everybody has different desires you can't decide or dictate someone else's desire if it's not your own heart you know like that's the thing about life is it needs to come from within any decision making any thought process it's always within and then it's a reflection that how you how you go about it how you proceed but I just felt like this is something I always wanted and God had me on detour routes on different paths so my my walk my journey has never been that linear straight cut path it's always been oh we're going over here we're going to go the scenic route oh we're going to the extended play route just like a VCR you know like how they had back in the day they had extended play as opposed to the short play like they had all kinds of different ways of going about something but you still get to your destination you still get to your reach you still get to your outcome you still get to your goal everybody has a different path and so here is my path and I am not going to feel ashamed of it or feel like it's less than I want to create an opportunity and if it's gonna come from me then so be it let let it come from me but I am going through it and my husband has been so amazing and and maybe some of you are like well what do you what does that even mean what does that look like or so basically what it is and this is precisely what I've been up to as my dog Minnie snores in the background my little fur baby isn't she cute she's so cute she's just snoring away she's like (laughs) mama's talking I'm gonna go ahead she's so soothing and I'm gonna go ahead and sleep in the background so IVF is as follows and this is precisely the journey I've been up to so my husband and I redid our research and the way it even started was there's a backstory to that. So when my husband and I got married, we went on our honeymoon. And we both were like, we both want to start a family. We both want to grow our family. And, you know, we were both excited. And we absolutely enjoyed our honeymoon. And then the pandemic hit. And... All these things happened, but my husband and I, we were both sitting down and we absolutely wanted to grow our family. And for me, I was always on this boat of 
I was always in this area of when I find the right guy and when I'm married, because frankly, I will be honest, that in my culture and in my my background, and this is my background, so to each its own, and different strokes for different folks, and this is me, okay? So I grew up where it was like, you know, the the religion was, and the, the code was, you know, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in the baby carriage. Like that was legit the nursery rhyme, right? So that was always in my head. Well, I gotta be married first, you know? So for me, I was like, okay, well, obviously if I, if I do that, I gotta do it here and I gotta do it. So I lived my life no regrets. I absolutely love each part of and each chapter of my life because that all contributes to who I am today, presently in the year of this year and in general. And so my whole background, whether it be subconscious, conscious, unconscious, was that one needs to get married before they have kids. Okay. So that was always the consecutive sequential steps, if you will. You know, that A, B, C, D, E, like that was the innate, intrinsic, internal compass that would serve as the guide. So I was like, okay, gotta find. So in that respect, I met my husband later in my life. And I was like, okay, so we've we've got this window. And I've never talked about age because, first of all, I think when it comes to demographics, I want to be about humanity and I don't like to focus on one avenue area. I like to focus on the holistic because I feel like if you speak holistically, you can be able to look at everything from a humanistic standpoint. But if you kind of narrow it down, like example, if I just spoke about this, about but I want to be able to connect with both genders. I want to be able to connect with every cultural background and everything. So I want to understand that because we're all human, right? And I feel like that's why I was so open to learn about faith from other faiths. Because I felt like there's fundamental commonalities and, and themes that are very similar. And we're actually more similar than we're different because we're all human and that universal reach is there. So, with that being said, man, she's snoring. (laughs) She don't care. Where's my water? I need water. So, I was on this path and journey, and I was like, first comes love. So, I met my husband, and we dated, and our course of dating we got engaged in 2018, and we got married in 2019, and we started trying where we got pregnant right away, okay? So with that being said, after our honeymoon, we were like, you know, and after the, we just focused on each other. We were nesting, you know, growing. I'm sorry. I'm really serious in my conversation mode, but I got the sleeping adorable fur baby in the background. I'm not exaggerating. Like, Lance, babe. She is snoring hard. She is dreaming. She's like, everybody's great. I'm living. So, you know what's cute about Minnie when she's sleeping is sometimes her little feet. Isn't that cute? That is so cute. She's just adorable. So, 
so yeah, so, (laughs) so I got pregnant right after we got married, right after the pandemic hit, or right after, okay, so right after we got married, right after the honeymoon, right after the pandemic, it was all, okay, we're nesting, because I really respect life, and I was like, of the mindset that no matter where you are in life, you're there for a reason. You're there for its time. You're per- There's something to be said and there is something present there. So I was like, oh, okay, this is my time of here. So my husband and I, we were pregnant and honestly, I was so dang happy, okay? I mean, I was so over the moon. Like, I just remember I was like, You know, because I've never, it felt like my foundation was just all coming together, you know, with my husband, you know, and he's the man, you know, he's, he's meant to be with me where we're forever and we're, you know, we found a forever home in each other. And I felt like every dream was just absolutely fulfilling in every area, you know, and that was apparent, that was palpable that was heartfelt that was absolutely accurate so I felt like you know Minnie's a dream come true Minnie like the mouse Minnie mouse in the house and I felt like our home of being together and nesting that in itself is a dream and then with my husband I just was like I always wanted to say and feel and touch and be with somebody that I feel connected with to someone that loves me adores me respects me appreciates me values me wants me cares about me like I wanted that as the standard for my romantic long-term longevity marriage relationship so fundamentally I think unconsciously subconsciously and consciously I was always kind of like those are the qualities that need to be fulfilled in a fundamental root of a relationship that's exactly what I was going for in my in my mindset, in my heart, everything. So all of that fulfilled. And then when I looked at the area of us growing a family, I was like, absolutely on board. That was a no-brainer. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And so when I got pregnant right away, I was like, yeah, you know, high fives all the way. And, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, looking for baby stuff online, you know, and I... I was just over the moon and honestly it was one of those things where I just I was so like wow you know and my husband and I we were pregnant absolutely but we lost our baby in the first trimester and that in itself was heartbreaking because even though I never met our child I still felt that loss that baby was growing inside of me and I just felt like wow like this was a part of a grief a death that I couldn't really because you know I'm I absolutely adore and appreciate and love my husband and it was like a piece of us so our baby our angel baby we accepted every part of that and we healed we grieved we talked about it we absolutely honored and the loss and we created a sanctuary of just being able to have dialogue between us and with us and we would pray every day and we would really connect and talk and have those intimate heart-to-hearts and that made us closer. That was a real genuine foundation of, of the root and 
we were able to really talk about everything. And it was tough because not with so much with us, but it felt like we were so strong for each other, with each other, that it felt like everybody else was playing catch up when I would have to because then it made me feel weird like does this mean I never tell anybody anything at the because you know do you ever want to like I don't know like for me I just I was absolutely all in right where I was committed to the full term pregnancy aspect but I felt so traumatized about going through that and feeling like wow you know like So what, do I just not tell anybody until the third trimester? Is that how it works? So that if I just wear a bunch of baggy clothes, people will be like, you gain weight. Yeah, that's right. I eat a lot of food. You know, like, I don't know how to proceed with this anymore. I don't. Like, I've heard the gamut now. I've heard like, oh, you don't. I don't. Look, I I just knew that it felt like. So then again, I was like, well, I want to be pregnant again. I want to have an opportunity. I want to do this. But I don't want to have another miscarriage. And apparently, yes, the statistics that I spoke of, it's common where it's 25%. That's a big percentage number, by the way. So one out of four women, you know? And so I feel like as women, we should support each other in all the ways that we should support each other. Like Free Britney, we support you, Free Britney, all the way. But we should support other women that are going through this. And by the way, the doctor that we found was recommended by two friends who did not know each other. Okay, one... I knew from dance way back in the day, back in back in LA when we danced together for dance teams and we performed and we would dance in competitions together. We won American Street Dance Competition battle, like we did that together. We went and our homeboy um, Ben was part of Jabberwockies, you know, and we went to see. So basically, the whole journey of dance we experienced that together. So she recommended my doctor, OBGYN, who's a man, and my friend who I bonded and connected with when we worked together for Tesla, she recommended this same individual. So two people who have no idea who each other, they want to, you know, they both exist. They're both my friends. They both are people I trust. And when they highly recommended him, when they spoke of him, they spoke from the heart. Like, hey, this guy, like, he's a real deal. So I was super excited to meet him. And I had no apprehensions, like, because, you know, with him being a man, you know, I was like, well, he's going to have a lot more compassion, not have, so, and then plus, it was like a no-brainer when I met him, because he was just so calming, and just very, he had that hopeful vibe, and that hopeful presence every woman needs, I'm not exaggerating, and I told my husband, and my husband's absolutely, you know, he's amazing, because he's always, like, supportive, and loving, and secure, it was like, babe, whoever makes you feel the safest as a, you know, whichever dog, go with that. So that being said, that was the route. So sure enough, I appreciate those recommendations leading up to him because he's the same person that recommended, well, we can get back to me, of course, being your OBGYN. But I think what we need to do is we need to navigate a fertility specialist. I'm thinking, dun, dun, dun. So I'm like trying to be open. Sometimes when I feel like people report updates or give feedback or something, like I listen. But 
this one was dealing with not just my brain but my heart and my my organs so it's like but here's the thing about the pandemic is the toughest thing about doctor's appointments is my husband can never go with me because they always have COVID protocols, which I totally respect and get. But it just kind of like you kind of learn to go to these appointments by yourself and you ask them to like kind of go over it with you and then maybe call the husband on the phone or something. But I just always feel like when my husband's present, like my husband can also, you know, we're in this together. So it feels comforting when the presence of the husband's there alongside with the wife. So I we went on this journey where sure enough you know we were able to find answers and we absolutely prayed and we absolutely trusted the path and the journey so we did our research about which fertility center to go with and we're so grateful because we have an opportunity so I've never once talked about this online. I've spoken about it with my closest friends. And parenthetically speaking, I sometimes felt like I don't want to overwhelm and I don't want to wear out any welcome mats. Because frankly, I, I just felt so like there's a lot of intensity that goes with. I'm thinking of all the things I've ever done in my life. And IVF is absolutely up there as far as the toughest I mean, I've gone through a lot of uh, stuff that required hanging tough and being tough and staying tough and never giving up. But I would say that it was because it's not just the physical and the mental and all that, but it feels rather the pandemic can feel alienating. And, you know, how we all quarantine at the, the first you know year of it all, but it feels like further alienating, you know, it feels further isolating. And that dissonance of not being able to connect with others kind of feels like I am part of this world and I am speaking my truth and I am sharing my hope and my faith and my struggle and my dream. But I also want to be able to be present to say, hey, it's going to be okay. So the beauty of the outcomes are as follows. In the past five months I've had four egg retrievals four what is an egg retrieval you you ask it's basically where during a cycle an IVF cycle an in vitro fertilization cycle <laughs> do you hear Minnie she's like <sighs> I love that though that you go ahead and rest so during the cycle, what happens is, is they want to stimulate the ovaries so that they can then produce all the eggs that are naturally part of the woman's ovaries. So essentially, the eggs are stimulated. And when the period happens, be it a woman's period so when my period happens that constitutes day one of a fertility cycle so day three is when you go in and that constitutes that that's baseline appointment so that would be like your first monitoring and from that point what they do is they measure the follicles and they count the follicles so for each side be it the left side and the right side they're counting how many follicles and how big they are 
is going to be contingent and variable. So you, you got to just look at it as more of a individual case scenario as opposed to generalizing. You never want to like, you always want to individualize and personalize it to each individual because every woman's body is different. We're not one size fits all. We're not. So essentially... In my very first cycle, I was learning so much and I've learned so much. The first cycle, I remember I counted. I was like, oh, we have, you know, seven, you know, we have seven follicles. Yeah, four on the right, which I learned the right side of my ovary is more dominant than the left side. And then the left side, we have three. Okay, so there's seven total. Okay. So essentially what they do is you have monitoring appointments where they're monitoring it. And during the time that you're there, they look at the hormones, they look at the blood work, they count the follicles, they measure the follicles. So the follicles all show up like a football team, right? Like who's playing, who's on? So they show up, but throughout the cycle, things evolve to where it could go this way or that way, meaning one could have another growing follicle that shows up or another follicle could have been like peace. But it's very difficult because you're going through it and emotions could be like, well, what do I do to make that? It's not, but it's it's like this terminology of what they, it, it, it's called like, I guess it would be equivalent to like, it's tough because you it's like, you don't want to get too attached, but you do want to keep hope. So it's a funny dance, right? But they show up or they go away. Show up or go away. It goes either way. But by the end of the cycle, so each leading up to the egg retrieval, they monitor it. Usually the requirement is 15 micrometers. And that constitutes the maturity of it upon which it's then retrieved during the egg retrieval so what they do is they retrieve the eggs by poking a hole in the ovaries upon which the the egg comes out and then the embryologist is amazing you can lit i was awake each egg retrieval procedure by the way i don't know if if any one of you guys have ever done this but i was wide awake it's called um Twilight is the term for it, but you know, like you're, I was awake. So it's beautiful though. For me, I can handle watching stuff and I can, but for me, it was spiritual because I'm looking and I can literally see the egg go into, and then I could see and I could hear, and then I could see it on the other screen. And then it's like, we got her, you know, like, like that. So it's all like this nerve-wracking sort of experience because not only do you go through an egg retrieval where that happens, you know, and I'm awake, like I said, because some people, you know, they want to opt to not be awake. And for my case, I'm awake. So they then report the eggs that they retrieve and then they then provide an embryo status update, which that in itself is nerve-wracking too, right? But there is success that happened for my husband and I. In cycles two and four, my husband and I achieved success. So that would constitute and that would reflect our successful cycles. So that was a beautiful takeaway because cycles two and four meant that we have a total of four embryos. So cycles two and four, 
being our best cycles where we produced our embryos, be it from sperm and eggs. My husband's sperm and my eggs. So we created embryos and I saw the em- I saw the I saw the eggs and technically I saw that too, huh? But I saw both and then I saw I saw the embryo report and they're frozen like Captain America, the four of them. And we have two sets of twins, which I'm super excited about. Two sets of twins. I picture them talking to each other. I picture them laughing and playing and I picture them being like Captain where they're either sleeping or playing with their Captain Frisbee. And I just am excited because we're in the home stretch and I've not said one word to the world and I beg to wonder why. Is it because I'm afraid of people judging me or is it afraid I'm afraid of... No, it's none of that because I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't be ashamed. I shouldn't be in some abyss or in some archived folder that's like... I don't know. I just feel like as a human being, I don't want to feel like I can't talk about it or share the joy of it or share the process or share the journey or share the hope, share the struggle, share the reality, share the pain, share the hope, share the love, share the light. Like I don't want to hold back anymore because I just feel like when I do that, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by not being able to say, hey, there's hope or say to others like, hey, I went through that because everybody's going to form their own perceptions anyway. But here's the truth. This was my truth. Like when people are like, oh, why can't you do that? Like, uh, you don't even know. Like, you can look at somebody's life for five minutes on the internet, but you've not lived or walked in a mile of my tennis shoes, my my heels, my 6.5 heels, my, my cowboy, you know, boots. Like, you have no idea what that feels like. So I think that in that respect... I mean, it's a very delicate conversation, the whole conversation of fertility, because we think time is our friend. And then time is my friend because I've been able to do a lot with time on earth and time in my life. But in respects to this time, I can live with myself in my heart knowing that I gave it my all and I definitely took this time to proceed with all. And I'm very grateful for science because if it weren't for science, let me give you some facts. IVF has been around since 1978. The very first IVF baby was born in 1978. In fact, she's been to libraries on the West Coast. And she's a real human being. And she's in her 40s. And we're in the year 2021. Okay, so it's been going on for a minute now. It's just either not talked about or not discussed enough. Or a lot of people just don't. I don't. You got me. But IVF has been around for a minute. And I think the reason why a lot of people don't talk about it too is because here's some reality is that. You know when you pay for something, you usually get something from it. So if you pay for a booking of, say, for example, you're going on vacation. So you're paying for your vacation. You're going to go enjoy yourself and you're going to go to that hotel. You're going to eat that dinner. You're going to go on that flight. So you paid for something and you receive something in return. 
So there's that aspect and there's that element. So what happens when you pay for a car? You get your car, you get some mileage in, you get some car, you know, you get some memories in your car, everything. The thing about IVF is is difficult to talk about, I think, because also it's scary, right? But I don't like fear. I mean, I do like and appreciate, you know, boundaries and stuff, but I really, you know, as much as I, I I mean, I absolutely love Elvis, but I always feel like, you know, with this, it was like, it's now or never, like it's now or never. (laughs) And I'd rather go with now because otherwise I just don't want to think about, you know, I don't. So in my heart, I'm feeling like, at least I know that I gave it my all and I gave it my heart and I gave it my time and and I gave it my best and my resources and I feel close to it you know and thank God I have this opportunity with my husband thank God we're in this position we're in a good position to be able to you know really set ourselves up for success to achieve pregnancy graduate from the fertility center and be able to you know my thing is this is that If you don't know what I'm going through, then don't judge me. And if you don't know what I'm going through, then consider yourself lucky. But I have always had a lot of empathy in my heart. I have a really big heart so I can understand people from every different layer and facet and, and, you know, every way. But I think it's important to have this conversation and you know a lot of people don't talk about it and they're like what is this so and why do you not want to like i know minnie's like (laughs) 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 so we go back again soon and i'm so excited to go back and now it's kind of like the more chill phase, if you will, because I was expecting all the intensities of like, you know, every cycle was intense because you're counting how many follicles and, you know, you have these ultrasounds and everything. I mean, I get, you, yes, you get used to it, but in some respects, it's like, you know, every time you go, you know, it's a, it's a monitoring appointment. So here it's more... I don't want to say laid back, but it's definitely not as intense as the other as the other appointments. So, where we are is we're getting ready for the embryo transfer, and I'm so happy and I can't wait. And I was able to endure all the other four surgeries, and I can't wait for this last one. And I'm not going to ever be ashamed of my process, my journey, or that science was the contrib- you know the contributing factor and the help and the support because this is absolutely a phenomenon that a lot of people should be more familiar with aware of and they should learn more about it you know like we've learned so much about all these other societal con- you know and concerns that we have that are pressing or, or we need to you know i just think that time like with this I mean, it's like something that we should probably have more more conversation, more communication, more dialogue, more support, more awareness, more understanding. And then that way, if you're feeling alone or you push it away or you feel like, you know, it's not something that is in, like, I think it's important to try. 
It's important to try. It's important to try to make it happen. It's important to go for it. And it doesn't... I'm glad I'm trying. And I have not given up. And I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. It's just... I do know the feeling. So there's... It's funny, right? Because when you think about success versus failure and you think about good versus bad, it's such a contrast and there's never an in-between. There's no grays. So when I think about... When I think about... um, The success aspect, I'm very grateful and there's absolute joy with that. But when I think about when it didn't, that is absolutely... It's like a recurring devastation, you know, like it's something that, and that's kind of what I also wondered about society too, is that we're having all these conversations about, I don't know, it's just, it feels like no one's able to really deviate from certain topics unless it pertains to that topic. So when is there ever going to be space in there? So that's where we, I think that it's important, just like I'm doing now, is to create space. I think it's important to say, hey, I had this certain opportunity, and yes, this was an absolute struggle, but hey, this is the hope and this is the outcome. So that's exactly where my mindset is with everything I'm doing. And I do pray for the best, and I do hope for the best, and I will strive for the best, but I want to be open about what I'm going through, and I was deciding what would be the right time. Is it going to be when when is it gonna be is it gonna be when I actually do it and then I have that waiting period or is it gonna be after and then I'm like five months pregnant and there's a bell like when when is it I can't even call I when is it I just know that I feel like I'm like hiding if I don't talk about it I feel like I'm being not open I feel like I'm not being able to be myself and so I like to speak with integrity with confidence with intelligence with humility with empathy with compassion with heart with love with faith with hope and I also love to speak of perseverance but I found myself not wanting to share because I didn't want I didn't want to feel alone with it and I didn't want people to feel alone if they're going through it and I think that if someone is going through this or they're curious about it or they're then I think that it's important to say hey it's gonna be okay and we'll find a way so thanks to the people that love me and want me to fulfill my hope of becoming I mean I am a mom a firm mama but I I want to be able to strive for this hope and this is an opportunity so God I love you and I love my life and this journey and I love everybody on this planet and I just want to be able to share my hopes with people and my dreams and everything and be open about my struggles but also allow people to have an opportunity to become aware to be able to say hey you're human I'm human this is something I went through you can get through it I went through it you know so I want to give love to everybody I hope everybody has a wonderful amazing evening much love God bless and just stay true just 
you know, you know what, what it means to just, no matter what happens, I have an amazing husband, I have an amazing family, Minnie, me and my husband are so close, and I love the people that have been really supportive of me, and I appreciate the love and the prayers and pineapple vibes all day. Be like a pineapple, sweet, strong, tough exterior, sweet interior. And that's why I say pineapple vibes all day. Much love. God bless. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Little Bit Yanerma of the Wings podcast. Thank you. Much love and God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in to the episode 6 of Little Bit Yanerma podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed and we definitely hope you guys learned from this particular set of segments. We want to thank all of our listeners as well as all of our friends and family and everyone that is listening and participating and enjoying and engaging. We also want to send love to the world. Mabuhai. Much love. We want to give some shout outs today. Shout out to Savannah. Love you, Sav. I can't wait to see you again. Much love to you, Savannah. And thank you so much for being an awesome, wonderful person in our lives. Thank you. And we also want to celebrate our two-year anniversary. Woo! Celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. Let's celebrate. (laughs) So we want to celebrate that. And um, we definitely hope that this has been enlightening as we journey towards our rainbow babies. And we want to definitely celebrate with our pineapple vibes. Much love from, definitely from, from us and to all of you. Little bit, you know my of the wings podcast. Definitely wanting to show love and God bless, much love. And have a beautiful, blessed day and weekend. We'll talk again soon. Stay tuned for more Little Bit Yanerma podcast of the wings. Yeah.